what's the word? Spilling that tea all on the curb. I'm not trying to be nosy, but I gotta know everything you heard. We gotta know what's going on. He did what? Now that was wrong. What's the latest trends of fashion? Tell me what's your favorite song. Who you reading? What you reading? What you watching? What's the season? Are there twists for the finale? Cause we gonna need a better reason. Who's improving the community? Bring the focus back to unity. Gotta do something more than plan. Listen up and take a stand. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't be mad. I'm just in my bag. bag, 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 bag. You gon' get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Why you mad? I'm just in my bag. Who are we? DHA. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't be mad. I'm just in my bag. Get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Why you mad? I'm just in my bag. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, this is your host, John Torrance. And this is actually episode eight, my final episode of the season. And I am here with my good Judy, Jamel. Say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, hi, hi, hi. I decided to have Jamel on for my final episode because of one, what we're going to be talking about today. And he is very, very opinionated. <laughs> and of course, it's always good to have someone like that, especially about the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Day. So tell everyone about yourself, Jamel, if people don't know about you. Um, I don't know what I could Where tell are you from? Them. So I'm originally from New York, mm-hmm. um, but I grew up between New York and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm originally from Queens, um, live in the Bronx currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I work. <laughs> <laughs> you have to let that be known. Right. We don't need to get into specifics. Right. Um, but you work. Yeah. And um, me and, and you go back. Um, we go back for a few years now. Yeah. I met you through your cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It was something about Jamal, I was like, okay, this is my type of, like, friend. You know what I mean? You know, he likes to party. He's down for the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just been tight ever since. Kindred spirits. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? If we went to college together, I know we probably would have been best friends. Oh, or what, You know what I mean? So um, thank you for being a part of my final episode. Thank you for it's having very me. Very special. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so we're going to get into some things, but we're going to get into you first. So every co-host that I have on here, I always want them to, you know, express and tell us about their coming out story. Because as black gay men, everyone has a different story when it comes to, you know, coming out. Um, so how was that whole process for you? Like, how old were you? Who did you come out to first? So let me start off by saying I'm very bad, very, very terrible with dates and times. (laughs) I'm not good at all with remembering what year stuff happened, what month stuff Mm -hmm. happened, how old I was. (laughs) I'm terrible with dates and time. Um, but what I can say is, uh, me coming out, goodness, 
Um, so first I came out to, and it wasn't really even me coming out. Um, I have a cousin who's born eight days before me. Mm-hmm. Her name is Devetta. Shout out to Devetta. Love mm-hmm. her. Um, but yeah, she's also in the community. And okay. she's, like I said, she's eight days older than me. Mm-hmm. Female, you know, lesbian, whatever. <laughs> so um, when I left um, the town, the town in South Carolina where I originally moved to, I, I moved upstate South Carolina okay. um, where she was living um, with my other cousins and uh, I moved in with them or whatever, and that's pretty much where my gay life began. And for me and her, we've always kind of just had a connection. So it was like unspoken. It didn't have to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both pretty much began our gay life together, going out to clubs and stuff like that, all mm-hmm. of that type of stuff. So um, this had to be when I was around mm, like 20. Okay. Um, yeah, like 2021, 20, somewhere in there. Um, you definitely was out of high school. Yeah, I was out of high okay. school. I didn't come out in high school or mm-hmm. whatever. I wasn't confident enough to mm-hmm. do that or secure myself enough to do that in mm-hmm. high school. Um, but, you know, I definitely was getting into <laughs> shenanigans. Exactly, like um, everyone was. <laughs> right. Um, so... Um, so yeah, I pretty much like in my early twenties, I was like living the double life. You know, I had girlfriends and girls I used to deal with mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, not to you know that that's my past. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you live and you learn or whatever. Exactly. But I definitely had girlfriends and I had you know boyfriends mm-hmm. and was living my life because I wasn't comfortable enough yet to like live in my truth. Right. Um, so yeah, like I would kind of like be one way with this group of friends over here, and then you know be another way with my gay friends over there, mm. all, all that type of stuff. Um, and then um, when I decided to move back to New York, um, the first week that I moved back, I, I moved back to New York and I moved in with my sister. And I decided that when I moved back, you know, that I was grown and, you know, it wasn't nothing for me to hide Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I pretty much was being myself and it was the underlying tone that everyone had already known. So um, I was like, I'm going to just, you know, come out and say it or whatever. So the first week I moved back to New York, I, you know, sat down with my sister and I sat down with my mom and I let them know, like, hey, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And um it was pretty easy um, because I have a gay brother, like a biological gay brother oh, okay. who is one year older than me. Okay. So he kind of like laid the groundwork for me to, I guess, um, be comfortable in being who I was to, you know, talk to my family about it. Um, so my only thing, like the only type of whatever I had with that was my mom, like she cried when I told her and she didn't cry because she was like disappointed in me or she was upset that I was gay or anything like that. It's just like when a mother has sons or whatever, they always think about grandchildren and stuff like that right. once they reach a certain mm-hmm. age. So she's like, oh, you know, but chances are I'm probably not going to get any grandchildren from either one of my sons or whatever. I'm like, girl, you can still get some grandkids. (laughs) But yeah, so that was pretty much um, my coming out story. Mm -hmm. And as far as my dad or whatever, um, he called me and he was like, oh yeah, I heard some things and blah, 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 blah. But my dad is like a man's type man. So he was like, I heard some things that uh, I just wanted to let you know that you still my son regardless and I'm going to love you, you know, for forever or Mm -hmm. whatever. Excuse me. Um, so that was a uh, pretty easy as well. So, okay. yeah, that's crazy because a lot of people that, well, all my co-hosts, um, had kind of like an easier 
coming out story. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my family disowned me or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it was really good hearing that coming from a lot of, you know, the co-hosts who I had who were black and gay, who black gay males. Um, And Josh coming from a Latino background. Mm -hmm. So um, that's interesting. I know with me, and I spoke of this when I interviewed with my um, mom the first was it my episode one or two? Mm-hmm. Um, I that was my fear of her not being a grandmother. So, um, I kind of like felt a little bit, you know, guilty about that because I want to see her in that grandmother role. Like mm-hmm. I know how she is in a motherly role, but I feel like a grandmother role will be like. Oh my God, look at, you know, my mom doing basically what she did with me right. and raising me and all that. Right. So I kind of, and I still feel a little bit like guilty. She doesn't know that, but, um, just because like she's getting older mm-hmm. and, um, I don't, I want her to like, I want to see that from her, but I mean, I can't do anything about it. So, right. um, but of course she was like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> my, my conflict wasn't really with, you know, my mom being disappointed about the children thing, my conflict really was in myself, like, um, growing up and coming to terms with that because once I left New York as a young kid and I moved to South Carolina, Mm -hmm. my family started going to church. So I got involved in church. And so once I started coming into myself and developing these feelings and everything like that, it was basically the conflict of me versus spirituality or religion. So that's what I battled back and forth with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I pretty much like had to realize like god made me this way this is who i am like oh yeah this is what it is and it ain't going nowhere so ain't no need for me to try to fight it or anything Mm -hmm. like that and that doesn't mean that i still can't have a relationship with a higher power right so yeah yeah that's true too i come to that realization i really wasn't in the church but i'm very like close to the lord and close to god i pray every day and he's blessed me with so much and i'm like okay well He's blessing me and I'm gay, so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a difference. It's supposed to be, baby. <laughs> right. It doesn't make a difference at all. So, well, that's good. And I know that you're really close to your mom, too. Yes. Just like I am. So, when I went to your house warming and I saw that dynamic that you guys had, I was like, oh, you guys remind me of me and my mom. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my lady. So, do you talk to her, though, about, like, people that you're dating? I do. Um, me and my mom have a very open and candid relationship. I just saw her yesterday Mm -hmm. Um, she just recently had a birthday shout out to her um but yeah we we talk i talk about things with my mom that i feel like most men or yeah most men just in general probably can't or don't talk to their moms about it's probably very rare Mm -hmm. um yeah we have a very open candid relationship we be kicking in about all types <laughs> of stuff we be kicking in about these niggas uh, listen you have to <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because she knows about them as well it's funny so a quick little story um yesterday i was in the car with her and she was like we somehow we got on the topic of um like um she she was saying something about um 
I was looking at somebody or something. I don't know how we got there, but basically she was like, yeah, um, it's been times before when I was checking out guys or whatever, and they pretty much was giving me that look like, girl, I ain't got nothing oh, for you. <laughs> I was like, what? You was looking at guys that you thought was good looking, a good looking guy, and he turned out to be good? She was like, yes. I was like, mm. Well, that's what they say. All the good looking ones are gay. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking that's for them because she... I don't know where they are. <laughs> That's the gag right there. You know there. where they at? They ain't Appland. Oh. They ain't even there. <laughs> and if they are, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Don't get me started. Not on this final episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's go into this. Let's transition into the In My Bag segment. And of course, you know, this is a segment that where we talk about what's going on in the culture. Um, it being like local or national. Um, so one item on the list is I want to tell everyone that a couple weeks ago I went to a Moby event, my very first one. And if you listen to the previous episode with Earth Tone, Earth Tone invited me out to an artist showcase that they were presenting, that they were hosting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I told him I'll come out or whatever. And so I came out and it was in Delancey all the way downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place, I always get lost down there. The DL? Is that where they had it? No, it's the Delancey. It's called the Delancey. Like, the actual venue is called the Delancey. Oh, yeah. well, and it was it like, um, oh, that's what they call it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, <laughs> we was at the bottom floor, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really good venue. Um, it was a good space. It was like the perfect space, actually. Um and it was happy hour from eight to nine. It was like open bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the DJ playing music. And then they had the showcase of artists. Um, and it was, when I tell you, it was something that I actually wanted to. I've been trying to look for something like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just being in like a great creative open space for black gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, Latino. And Latino. Men of color, men of I color. should say. Right. And I was like, damn. So the artist that performed was Earth Tone, which he actually shut the shit down. Like, he went the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other ones was Roman Caesar. He was really good. He's a singer, and he his voice was, like, crazy. Um, Calvin Play, Ryan Lane, and Matt Matt. And he Matt Matt is a writer, so he was actually... Um, saying poetry and just a lot of stuff that he wrote um, years ago in the past and okay. present. Um, so it was a really good, you know, lineup. Just lineup. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had a voice. Like mm-hmm. everybody had a voice. And a lot of the artists bought their own band. Oh, wow. So okay. it wasn't just one band playing the whole night. They each, mostly all artists had like their own band. Catch that. I said they were coming to like, snap mm-hmm. and they snapped so shout out to moby that was my very first event that i wanted to go to yeah um you remember i had told you about them a long time yeah ago, like when i first started going to their um, yeah. events shout out to my buddy 
who's a founder, Deshaun. I was about to say, <laughs> and you know the founder. Yeah. And he actually was He's there. Really I just cool. did not get a chance to like go And I told you to make sure you meet him. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, you, you'll meet him soon. Have you been to any of their events before? Yeah. Well, remember, I, oh. I, start, yeah, I told you I told you and Josh and the, the rest mm-hmm. of the guys, you, Josh and Je- um, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to one in a while because of work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still touch base here and there with faces and people that I've met um through going to those events you know we speak here and there on instagram and stuff like that so yeah shout out to deshaun i'm trying to have him next year so put Mm -hmm. a good word in for me i'm going to hit him up though because that would be a good like start to 2020 especially a lot i think that he's actually doing a lot of stuff in 2020 with moby absolutely um so anyone who wants to know about moby go to their website because it's really good um, and if you don't know what it means, it means mobilizing our brother's initiative, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, so after that, um, and then I went home or whatever, I was like, oh, I think I could find a man at one of these events one day. You can. I know, because they <laughs> seem like professionals. professionals yes. So professionals. Like, people yeah. who actually have something going on. Mm-hmm. People who actually have, you know, um, something to contribute. Right. Something to bring to the table. Some people are the table. <laughs> you know, you could catch one. Exactly. You could catch one at a mobile event. All right. Well, I'm going to go to a couple more next year, mm. see what I can catch. <laughs> um, so another item on the list is, if you don't know, Saucy Santana, who is this um, gay oh. artist, gay rapper, and he's mostly known for doing his lives with Young Miami for City Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is, he's very funny. He's, I think that he's very funny. What mm-hmm. do you think of him? Um, I think he has a really big personality and I, I get him because I lived in the South. Mm-hmm. So I know what that culture is. I know the slang and how they talk mm-hmm. and, you know, what all that stuff means. And so the the whole ratchetry of the situation, like, <laughs> right. I, I get all of it. And, and I live sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little much. Sometimes but, um, it's a little much. Sometimes it's a little much, yeah. But um, but for the most part, um, yeah, he's he's cool with me. Mm-hmm. He's and cool he with me. I enjoy his, I enjoy his, his music. Uh, you know, yeah, he's been oh, dropping yes. some songs. Uh-huh. So, you know. His material girl, mm-hmm. Welcome Like a Dog. I'll be bopping. Mm-hmm. They said Welcome Like a Dog had like 3 million plus views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is... Mm-hmm. I haven't been to the gay club in a while, so I don't know if they're actually playing his music too. But they might be playing Welcome Like a Dog now. Well, I know like... I, I follow him on Instagram and I know like, you know, since he has these songs out, like places that he goes, they play his you know his mm-hmm. songs and I know he's been going around performing and he's been so. hosting yeah so and especially so at one of the um, I don't know if it was a hosting gig or he just he actually was just there just to be there and so he was at the office in Miami and something happened to where a shootout happened and he got shot um, after. after he left the club Mm-hmm. Um, and it was videos online showing when he was in the club and he was throwing his money and Mm -hmm. all that Um, but he is claiming that it was because of um, him being gay basically to Mm -hmm. make the long story short um, and homophobia Mm -hmm. and then Miami Tip who is on Love and Hip Hop Miami um, claimed that it wasn't Mm-hmm. Allegedly saying that um, he actually was 
kind of the cause of it because he was going around the club and just acting acting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know exactly. I mean, what do you? What's your so take on at, that? At first, at first, the only thing I knew of, I just saw like a clip on Instagram. And the clip that I saw on Instagram was him, like, standing outside with, like, the police cars and the ambulances and stuff around. Mm -hmm. And him just being, like, very irate um, and low-key obnoxious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because the the, the video just basically kept showing, like, him screaming, like, I'm a celebrity, I'm a celebrity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) People trying to kill me, I'm a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Um... But I just felt like, you know, I mean, he was being him. I guess, you know, maybe that's something that don't turn off for him. Maybe that's just him 24-7. But um, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean it's okay for somebody to try to take his life or somebody to, like, shoot at him and his friends or anything like that. Exactly. Because he has a big personality. But at the same time, him being from the South, he should know that in the South, niggas tote guns. Mm-hmm. Period. And if you run your mouth in the club, they will look for you after the club is done. Right. So, and like I said, that doesn't mean that it's okay for somebody to, you know, shoot at him or try to take his life or anything like that. I'm definitely not on board with that. But I know that culture. And I know if you run your mouth in the club down south, you better be able to back it up because people have a lot of things in their car, in their trunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they won't hesitate. Nope. Not at all. They won't hesitate. And it's, I feel like because they said he wants to be a city girl so bad. (laughs) And, um, but at the same time, and then they said that Bobby Lights actually goes there all the time, but he doesn't, you know, he always has fun. And we all know Bobby Lights is, you know, has a big personality just like him. Right. But it also, if you're in, um, that type of environment. You have to know the type of environment you are. You can, you know, scale down mm-hmm. a little bit or whatever. Not saying that you don't have to be twerking and stuff like that. You can. You know what I mean? Like, niggas would be right. fine with that. They know the type of person that you are. But if you carrying away and if you're in people's faces and cussing people out and stuff like that. I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was, like, getting crazy and, and really feeling himself. That's the consensus that I'm getting from the girl who's um, on Love and Hip Hop Mm -hmm. because the story she told was that, you know, he was doing a little bit too much in the club. He had pulled down his pants. Yeah. And he was, like, Mm -hmm. twerking or whatever with his little thong G-string showing or whatever. And the security told him, you know, you can't do that. Right. This is a place for women to make money. Right. Or whatever. It's cool that you came in here to spend your money, have fun, turn up with your Mm -hmm. friends. We let you do everything else. But the pulling down your pants thing, that's not going to work. And... From that point, from what she said, he decided to turn up on the security and curse them out and call them all type of bitches and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll get my boys to do this and that. And then felt it felt it necessary to go around the club or the VIP section to other people's sections and be like, oh, these niggas ain't going to touch me. I'll get my boys on blah, 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 talk <laughs> popping shit to everybody. You can't do that. And you can't do that. You no. can't do that at all. No. And I mean, he even came out and said that, oh, he didn't have no issue with the office as an establishment. He didn't have no issue with that club. He's not saying anything bad against them. What he's saying is that he just feel like he was targeted because he's gay and he's a celebrity or whatever and people want to oh, hurt him no, because no. of that. No. You can't you can't be doing that. And then you want to play the victim when mm. something happens. Mm. You can't be doing that. 
Right. So the only thing I can say to that whole situation is, um, I don't think his you know behavior was okay from from you know what I've heard and from what I've seen of him. And I feel like I'm pretty sure that girl was telling the truth because that seems to be what his personality is. His mm-hmm. head is way bigger than you know, and, and it's awesome to think bigger yourself. But all that I'm a celebrity, I'm a celebrity. You just getting started. Right. Relax, calm down, <laughs> like relax. It's yeah. not like you're a household name. You mm-hmm. need to relax. So even though his behavior was awful or whatever, he did whatever he did or acted how he acted, that still doesn't make it okay for somebody to try to shoot at him. Right. So And they don't they haven't found like who shot at him yet or nothing. That's how it is so. in the world. That's how it is in the South. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of trap niggas, it's a lot of hood <laughs> niggas and all them niggas carry guns. So all of them. So mm-hmm. But you talking about what's big, sweetie, other than your Chanel bag. You should have had something in your uh, Chanel bag. Right. That was big. (laughs) (laughs) He had that bust down. He Mm. got bust down. So (laughs) it is what it is. But, you know, he actually um, is well now. You know, he's back on Instagram, back doing what he's doing. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Amped up that security team. He better. (laughs) So... Um, next on the list is, uh, so is, um, I was watching a video, uh, this past weekend and how I usually do, I stay in my bed on YouTube and Mm -hmm. I'm always just scrolling or whatever like that. And I found a video and it's the 30 years of Philly ballroom documentary. So check that out on YouTube. And I put that in here because me being from Wilmington and right down the street from Philadelphia, I'm always in Philly. Um, but the documentary is really, really good. It's not that long at all. Mm-hmm. And it was produced by Philadelphia Inquirer, which is a really big publication. And um, their production team actually put that together. And their production team is an Emmy Award winning like production um, okay. a production department. Official, so official. it was very, very official. And they just talked about how... Um, the ballroom culture started in Philadelphia. They said that the that Philadelphia actually was the third city that actually started ballroom. Mm-hmm. It was New York first, then Newark, New Jersey, and then Philly. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um, I personally haven't been a part of the ballroom culture. Um, I've been to balls, but I haven't actually like been in one Mm -hmm. or you know participated in one um i knew a few people growing up um especially going to dell state and stuff that it was people that were in the ballroom culture that actually was at dell state Mm -hmm. um but that was my only like thing into ballroom culture but i thought it was good because that's really good 30 years in philly Mm -hmm. ballroom culture it's a very very good documentary so everyone go check that out i saw it i saw the documentary um it was really good they they put it together very well i felt like it was really raw and authentic Mm -hmm. and um you know it's a good thing that they have some of the older people around to really give the history um, and the background Mm -hmm. of that area and how ballroom started and how it's you know the revolution of it so um it it was really good i i enjoyed it have you been in a ball before i've never been in a ball what would Um, you want (laughs) what would your category be um i don't know what what runway Mm-hmm. Runway would probably be my category. Oh, that would be my category too. Yeah, we need the battle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that 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 would probably be my only category. Um, 
Because everything else, like, I could dabble into those things, but I couldn't really, like, storm and, like, you could, really, you like, could take do the trophy. Schoolboy realness. Okay. You could yeah. give off trade if you want to. I could. <laughs> Through these streets. So you could give off some. Yeah. Butch Queen realness. Butch Queen realness. <laughs> Butch Queen with a twist. Uh, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> we know um, a lot of people with those twists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um I've never been I've never been in any balls. Um uh, when I first learned about ballroom, um it seemed to like have like a negative uh, stigma like attached to right. it. Right. They was like, like it was like a gay gang or something like that. Well, me growing up, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the streets said. That's what the streets said. But um said. yeah, when I first like started learning about it and hearing about it, it was nothing about it that like well, the art of it did attract me, but to know that like, you know, People be getting like stabbed and you know mm-hmm. all these stories about the girls crafting and right. just pulling stunts and all these different things. I was like, mm, that ain't a community I want to be a part of. You know, mm-hmm. I would love to have been a part of it for the art of it, right. but not for all that drama and stuff like that. And I guess in a very tiny, 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 small <laughs> way, I could say I contributed to a uh, to ballroom because I used to have a friend. And there was a few times where um, I created or assisted in um, helping him create his effect for a couple of balls. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I could say I had a tiny contribution. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, When I was looking at the video, the documentary, um, those, like, garments and stuff that people wear, I'm like... Yeah. Damn! Like, Damn. We're, first off, a lot of that stuff was custom made. Like mm-hmm. they said, it's custom made, and you can't get it nowhere else. Yep. And it's just like, damn! Like you had, and if you had a friend that was a designer, mm-hmm. then you set because yep. they can you help know you out. No bitch that know how to use a sewing machine, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that you just was go to them. You know, you you just have to be. I just think that's the culture we come from. You have to be a creative individual, and all of those people are creative, and and it takes. A village, you know, that's why a lot of people get into ballroom is to kind of have a secondary family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those people pull together with somebody in your camp going to do your makeup, mm-hmm. somebody in your camp going to get your costume together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might just have to just show up and, and just vogue down. <laughs> right. And that's all you need. You they know, have you their take own home team. that trophy and you take home that thousand dollars or however much mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, you split it with your team or, you know, do whatever you need to do. A lot of people get started in the ballroom scene like mm-hmm. that we see today day you know what i mean so we finally started to get credited like the the ballroom scene has finally started to get credited as the beginning of a lot of things as the the starters the trendsetters the Mm -hmm. originators of of a lot of things for everything from music to fashion Mm -hmm. and and down so and choreo Mm -hmm. especially choreo yep so if everyone everyone just check that out on youtube it's very very it's a very good documentary so i hope they actually do some more documentaries like that Mm -hmm. um because it was very informative yeah and it's good to put that out there and preserve um you know our culture Mm -hmm. and put that put that history out there yeah. So the next item, and it's actually the last item in the teabag segment, is so Mondaire Jones, um, New Yorker, who hopes to be America's first black gay congressman, uh-huh. which is good. And I see th- this picture. I was like, oh, he's a look. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, he's my type, too. He looks tall. He has some meat on his bones. Mm-hmm. Chocolate. Mm. I could be the first lady of New York if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually studied at Stanford University and Harvard Law. Um, and he worked at the Department of Justice under President Barack Obama. Obama. And he's 32 years old. Um, and he's a candidate for New York's 17th Congr- Congressional District. And if he's elected, he could be the first black, you know, gay um, person in Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? I think that would be amazing. Um, and not even, you know, just aside from him being um, gay, just him being a black man, for one. Right. So um, That's I feel huge. like a lot of times, you know, being that he is going into politics and, you know, that's what he studied and went to school for. And he already laid his foundation and his background in politics working under Obama. Um, I feel like a lot of times that can him being gay can kind of become like a whirlwind or whatever. And that can become the story when that's the furthest thing from what's important. Right. Because I'm sure for him, like he's like. Who cares? Like he's like that's just another part of who I am, but that's not what I'm here to focus on. Right. So, um, but I I think it's amazing, um, because I mean it, it's great because he does have our rights and what we mm-hmm. need for his community, mm-hmm. um, in mind, and he is you know planning to fight for those things. But I think it's amazing. Um, I was reading an article and the what is it? Uh, the seventeenth. What is it? For what? The night he's in what district is it? Oh, seventeenth. Yeah, so that's like the that's like um like Westchester. That's like Upper New York. Mm -hmm. So at first when I read that, I was like, "Ooh, child!" I was (laughs) like, "That area, I know because my family lives over there. That area is mostly um white people, you know, who got money or whatever." Westchester is said to be like one of the highest taxed um, areas of New York or one of the highest taxed. Oh, um, yeah, that's what they did. So, man. yeah, so that's a, a lot of people out there with one of them good old, good old white folks. <laughs> and, and I was like, mm, I don't know if he's going to be pulling votes from that community or whatever to get him in there for one being black, for two being gay. Um, but then I read something else that said, um, I read something else. I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically it looked to be like in his favor. Mm. It looked to be Mm -hmm. in his favor. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess he had a good relationship with whoever was prior to him who stepped down out of that position. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. Get it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And he came out when he was 24 years old. Um, but he did say that he um, always struggled with his self-acceptance. Um, he said, growing up, struggling with my self-acceptance, if I had been able to look to an example like what what I would provide, someone who is a respectable individual, an openly gay man in Congress, life would have been a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that sums it up, and I feel like that's something in a um not just gay but just black in general mm-hmm. that it's always good to see someone who wants to be where you are like you know what i mean so like i know with me i can definitely relate to this because my background is media and publishing and i haven't me growing up me 
loving Ebony, me loving Essence Magazine, Jet Magazine, mm-hmm. um, and going through Dell State. It wasn't, I, it was no one that looked like me. Like, it was no one who was black, a black man mm-hmm. in publishing, really. Um, and who really focused on magazines and mm-hmm. print magazines and just all that. I was like, it's nothing. I can't find no one like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it is, I don't know. I actually searched for people and I couldn't, and I still can't really find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so him saying that it really resonated with me in my industry um, because it's, it's hard when you don't have no one that looks like you. Right. And you want to get to, you know, you want to get to the top, but you don't know. Right. So. And I feel like, I feel like in politics, it's really hard um, when, you know, your sexual orientation becomes a part of the conversation because I, that, that can be a hindrance. Right. Like, so a lot of people, I'm sure there's plenty of people in um, politics that work in politics who are um, gay or whatever, but, you know, that may not be a life that they live openly because that might stop them from, you know, doors that would be open had people known that, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely get it. I, I wish all the best from him, I, all the best for him. Um, I think Me it would too. be great for him to reach his goals and be all he can be and get out here and, you know fight for us and everything else like you that. think he on instagram i might dm him hey dm him he's a little slide looker. in the dm he's a little looker that's my that's my type right there <laughs> that's something i can sink so my weedy. teeth in <laughs> so <weedy. laughs> that's something i can sink my teeth in mm-hmm. honey well you better you better get in now because okay come up. listen and there'll be two black men and my man is going to be running for congress mm-hmm. listen so we'll see. I always <laughs> said I could do a politician, mm. but don't look into my background because they might not. <laughs> they might see something that might they should. Might not be too clean. Uh-uh. But you ain't got no priors, so you good. That's good too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I don't got no record or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's all for a teabag segment. Um, we're gonna move into in my bag now. It's in my bag. I'm in my bag about a lot of things. So I might just say them all. I might not just be into one. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is just bitch-ass niggas who, <laughs> <laughs> who are not consistent when it comes to communication. Speak on it. I don't understand how people say they want to get to know someone and all that, but... Their communication does not match what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And now me dating, it's like, I mean, I'm not actually dating no one, but, you know, victims here and there. (laughs) And people people say that, you know, they want to, um, you know, get to know me and all that other type of stuff, but they don't communicate. And... I come, I'm a specific age now. Mm-hmm. And back then, I liked talking on the phone. But now, I feel like when people, you know, are starting to, like, get to know someone, they want to just text all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not a heavy texter, and I can't get to know you over text messaging. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to actually pick up the phone and talk to me. You know what I mean? So, I'm actually... I've been conversing, just conversing and texting with someone. And I'm like, why don't we FaceTime 
Or, you know what I mean? Now we have mm-hmm. the FaceTime feature. So it's like we don't have to just pick up the phone. We can FaceTime now. Right. I don't just have to hear your voice. I can actually see you mm-hmm. and, you know, get to know you a little better or whatever. So, um, I mean, that's just what it is. I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I not really like a talk on the phone type of person mm-hmm. um i prefer to text or to facetime um, okay but yeah like talking on the phone like i mean i can do it but mm, i just i don't know i i guess i kind of like got out of that you know as technology you mm-hmm. know has moved forward or whatever you have various different ways to communicate like, I guess I kind of just got out of that because growing up, I used to love talking on the phone. I used to be on the yes. phone for hours. Mm-hmm. Ain't talking about shit, but just holding the phone. Right, just holding the phone. Right. But, um, yeah, like, now, I don't know. Like, I know I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I guess I just prefer to, to text and say whatever. But, um, mm, I, I mean, I, I understand about the communication things. and pe- But I feel like people say that, like, you know they want to they'll say like they want to get to know you um but really getting to know you is like let's fuck and then let's just see how everything else flows after that's I get what them i've been saying i was like i don't know i want to do a poll and i might put this on instagram i want to and people who are in a relationship now i want to know if they started out as fuck buddies and then it transitioned into, oh, I think I like this person. Let's go out. Let's talk. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But because I feel like that's how it is now. It's like y'all fuck first and then see if you guys like each other mm-hmm. rather than the opposite mm-hmm. when it used to be like that. I mean, I feel like the bigger conversation really needs to be going into 2020. Just people being like really like keeping it really really real and just saying like what the fuck it is like if you hitting up a nigga on jacked or grinder or whatever the case is you already know pretty much what is the underlying thing just being on that app period so i feel like you know but if you do like the person a little bit you could still just be like i'm gonna just keep it all the way real and i'm really just trying to get a nut off right now right and you know if you know we hit it off and you cool and maybe we could chill a little bit mm-hmm. like just say just that say just that. say that from jump right and that you know if somebody is looking for something more serious they could be able to say mm, that's not what i'm looking for so right. thank you next candidate right <laughs> but i think also i feel like grinder is just the sex app. That's all it is. I feel like people just get on there to get their nut and call it a day. Mm-hmm. That's what I have it for. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what everyone else has it for. Mm-hmm. Because I actually deleted all my dating apps because I'm like, one, I don't really want to meet someone through like a grinder or something. Like that. I want it to be like natural. I never really met anyone natural. Like all my boyfriends I had, they were through apps. apps. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I don't like this. So um, I was like, let me try something different. I'm going to delete my apps. I'm going to pray. And I'm just going (laughs) to go out to Moby events and go out to all these other events. God put my man in front of me. (laughs) And try and just meet someone organically. Yeah. Because, I mean, now the only app I have is Grindr. And that's because 
you know, when I wake up in the morning or before I go to sleep, I need to get my nut off. <laughs> so, I mean, but I, I, I feel like um, I feel like that's the culture right now. Um, that I was telling my mom last night, I was like, you know, um, cause me and her was talking about somebody and she was like, oh, I don't think that person is, um, willing to give enough of themselves to maintain a relationship or whatever. And I was like, well, I don't feel like that individual is not willing to give enough of themselves that that individual is very relationship oriented. I just feel like the climate right now is nobody's trying to be in a relationship. Everybody Mm want to, you know, hit, hit, bang, bang, and keep it on moving to the next hit, hit, bang, bang. So, and she was like, oh, well, if that's what y'all doing, or if that's what y'all doing, (laughs) that's, that's what I honestly feel like the climate and the culture is right now. I don't feel like there's many people that that are out there looking for something serious, like, and but even even like, the people who have something serious, like people who are in committed relationships, um, the past couple of years, especially hanging out with y'all and the, the association of you know what y'all extracurricular activity is basketball i've learned that like a lot of married men out here and you know well married gay couples and stuff like out here like people who've been together for years like you know they they have other parties come and join them and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know it's it's very poly out here. It's it's yeah. not very monog. It's not very monog. That's not the move oh, uh, apparently. I don't like that. No. I'm... And even even like to to speak to what you just said about um you know you want it to be organic. So um after I had got out of a relationship some years ago, I took like three months. I was like, let me take like a couple of months or whatever just to get over it, get it out of my system, move on or whatever. And directly at the end of that relationship. Um, I was like, I'm not going to put any apps on my phone or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I took that time. I think it was like about three months or whatever. Got everything out of my system, moved on or whatever. And I didn't put any apps on my phone a year. It had went to a year, what? maybe a little bit more. I went to Vegas for my 30th birthday and everything. My cousin Chris went with me. He'll tell you. I had not had sex. It went to a year because I did not have any apps on my phone. I was like, oh, I just want to meet somebody organically. Right. And if I don't meet this person in person, then I'm just not going to do nothing, blah, blah, blah. It had been a year or a little more. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to Vegas for my 30th birthday. I'm probably going to get laid out there. And I was like, but if I do, I'm still going to let it be, quote, or, unquote, uh, organic. organic. I'm not going to do it from an app. I went out there dry, and I came back home to New York dry. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to stay dry. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to stay dry. <laughs> I want to mm. stay dry. I don't want to be wet anymore. <laughs> so, so being that that this is kind of like how it is right now or this is what you've been getting, do you feel like this would make you go back to one of your exes and try to rekindle or relight those fires you know what that actually was in my mind months ago like months ago i was like you know what but at the same time then i was like but am i doing this because i'm lonely and i don't have like anything going on or is it like a natural feeling like i'm really starting to have feelings for him again I don't know, and I didn't want to approach the situation not knowing mm-hmm. if it was real or if it really wasn't real. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to put him in that predicament either. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like I didn't go with it or whatever like that. So 
Um, but it was only one of my exes. Both the other two, I that Close wouldn't book. happen. <laughs> <That's the laughs> that, chapter that chapter is, is closed, honey. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I it is a day and age where we are just app focused, mm-hmm. and people are just meeting off of apps. But I don't know. Well, it's like a like I tell like I told my cousin. Um, you know, I I feel like. It's not that it can't happen. Like, I feel like those fairy tales and love still does exist and stuff like that. It's still happening out here for people. I just kind of feel like, you know, once you have that mindset, you can't only have the mindset, but you have to put yourself in those places to kind of, like, change right. change right. things. Mm-hmm. Like, because what, what do they say? You can't, like, keep doing the same thing over and over and right. expect a different result. Right. So I feel like you have to, like, go outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and, like, put yourself in different places mm-hmm. and situations that may set you up for what you want. Right. So, and I think that's what I'm going to do in 2020. Like, I'm going to go to different events mm-hmm. um, and just not put myself out there, but just go have a good time, you know, and I mean, with, with your job, like, your job has a lot of events, and it puts you in position to meet plenty of guys. Well, yeah, that's true. And but, then, you know, just being here. And in they New York, all make period. money. Right. And I need somebody that makes money. <laughs> these, these attendees make money. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? You know, I'm going to go to my events next year, fly. Fly as hell. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have anything in your bag? quickly um yeah so pretty much what has me in my bag is just people will think i'm the grinch but as far (laughs) as like the holiday season like i'm just so over it i be i'm over it and i've been over it for the past i don't know how many years like and i i guess my family and i guess in the back of my head i kind of feel like it's unfair too because it's like oh now now that you grown you don't want to spend your money and be buying no i don't i don't (laughs) I got bills and stuff of my own right. now, and I don't feel like buying no grown-ass people gifts. No. The only people who should be expecting gifts from me is my niece and my nephews, mm-hmm. and that. I'm even over that. Right. Like, I'm like, let's just teach them a new way. Let's just teach right. them that, you know, Christmas is about family and loving up on each other and spending time. Mm-hmm. It's not about buying a person a gift. No. The gift is my gift. presence and us creating memories together. Because I'm not going to be here forever. That's true. So I'm just, I just be over it. Like I put a post up on Instagram. I was like, it's less than two weeks away from Christmas, and everybody gifts still at the store. Uh, they still are. Yep. Because today is what anything. the 17th. Yeah. I have not bought not one thing for one person yet. Me, <laughs> me either. And I'ma just, I'ma just see how it goes. I'ma just go with the flow of how how I'm feeling. I mean, I'm definitely gonna try to, you know, buy my my kids something, my, mm-hmm. my niece and my nephews, but um. Other than that, I ain't putting no thought and no energy into nobody else. Yeah, I was on the phone with my mom yesterday. I was like, what do you want for Christmas? She was like, I don't know. All right, well, I'm just going to get you a couple things, and that's all. And I was like, you don't even have – I am at the point now where I really don't even, like, want anything. And you lucky because you, you don't have, like, <laughs> No, I don't have no you nieces don't have or nephews. Yeah. Like, it's just me. <laughs> lucky. Well, yeah, maybe hold a, on. Let a me small have. family. Right. So, I mean, I – I actually love getting gifts or whatever, but I'm just, I think this year, because I'm focusing on, like, my apartment and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I don't really... 
we just all, get stuff from my apartment. Like, yeah. if you want to give me something, give me something from we my apartment. We all love receiving gifts. Right. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just so, I'm, I'm over it. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with not receiving gifts because I feel like when you give somebody a gift, then it kind of puts like a little guilt or whatever on you. Like, damn, they done bought me something now. I got to go and buy them mm-hmm. something. Like, child, just don't buy me nothing. Just don't buy me And nothing. I keep telling y'all that you keep doing it anyway. <laughs> Stop buying me stuff. I'm good. I can buy stuff for myself. I treat myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Sorry if that make me sound selfish or whatever the case is, but <laughs> it's probably a lot of people like that now. Right. Anyway, so. like one of my friends said, when I was a kid, I asked to be grown, not to be an adult. <laughs> it's a difference, right? <laughs> and I ain't even asked to be here. <laughs> Shit, that's the funny part. Mm-hmm. So, but oh well. So the Christmas season is coming. Well, Christmas is coming up. What are you not going to be doing nothing? Um, so for the holidays, I'll pretty much for this whole holiday season, I've been like away for the holidays. And then I've been like getting back in town on like the eve of the holiday. So that's how it'll be for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll go away. I'll get back Christmas Eve and Mm -hmm. hopefully nothing happens with the flights or anything like that. Because if it does, I'll be stuck where I'm at for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with um, New Year's. I'll be back on New Year's Eve. Right. Um, Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. be back at pretty much after it's o- after New Year's Eve is over. I'll oh. be I'll be back, so I'll be back in town pretty much New Year's Day. Ugh. Yeah. Well, well, I want you to have a good holiday anyway. Yes, you know, I'll try. I will. And I want to thank you again for coming. Did you have fun? I did. I did. I had a great time talking my shit. I probably talked too much. I don't know. Get this nigga off the air. (laughs) I like that. I like that. That's why I ask a whole bunch of questions because I just like hearing people's stories. I like hearing people's answers and opinions about stuff. So I want to thank you again, Jamel, for coming. This was really good. Um, And this is my last episode of the year. Um, eight episodes, which is good. I'm doubling that next year. I'm probably tripling it because I'm in a routine now. It's all about consistency. Hello. When I did my vision board, shout out to Ashley. We did a vision board, hosted a vision board party. Um, consistency was one of them that Mm -hmm. I put and I'm just like, you have to be consistent with whatever you do, even if it's once a month twice a month so you always should be consistent with everything slow and steady wins the race so by that i want to thank all my guest co-hosts this year with my mom starting out when i interviewed her to ashley um the founder of uh, modern stitches magazine from Joshua Starr, my good, 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 good best friend um, from Charlie, Charlie Jones. Uh-huh. Everyone was on that picture, child, that I posted to him. Wow. <laughs> um, shout out to Charlie and shout out to Earth Tone. Earth Tone was good. I got so many good, um, so many responses from that. Is that song, that intro song, a full song? No, it's just my intro song. Oh. Because I was going to be like, you know, listening. I was like, oh, this is really cute. I need to go ahead and get this on Apple. Right. So, but, I mean, listen to every episode. You can hear it then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But shout out to Earth Tone and shout out to Jamel, my final co-host of the year. And next year, of course, (laughs) and next year, I have a lot of co-hosts that, like, it's, it's a lot. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, up until March. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people have been reaching out to me. So, um, I want to thank them. And I also want to thank Gotham Podcast Studios because without them, I couldn't... I feel like I wouldn't be consistent if it wasn't for them. Right. Um, you know, the process is so good. I love everyone who I worked with here, yes, all the engineers. Um, so, I just want to thank them. Um, and if you anyone out there has a podcast... Come to Gotham Podcast Studios because it's really good. So I want to thank you, and I want to. I'm going to. I guess see everyone next year. And hit me up on Instagram. I am J Truth. And what's your Instagram mail? Oh my god, I almost forgot my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only Jamel J A M E L spelled the only and the correct way. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we gonna close it out like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, and I'll see everyone and hear everyone next year. Bye. Smooches. I'm just in my bag.